Imagine a world where you knew that you mattered and you belonged. The people cared about you because we were so darn good at listening to one another, no matter how different we are. That is what Sidewalk Talk is doing by putting listeners on sidewalks all over the world so that we can practice the art of connecting. Join me, founder and director Tracy Rubel, as I interview experts on the fine art of human connection and interview some of our volunteers who've been listening on the sidewalk and even some of the folks that we've listened to. And if you want to volunteer, consider joining us at sidewalk-talk.org. What can I say about Andrea Schur? I, I, if you don't know her, you need to. She's just, she is just a walking heart, but she's not all bubbly and positive all the time. She's just a truth teller, period. But she's an artist. And she's a truth teller and wonder seeker. And I met her through, someone else introduced me to her. I actually was on her podcast, but she's written this award-winning blog that I, I have read since 2003. You've probably read it too. It's called The Superhero Journal. Um, and she kind of started blogging before blogging was cool. And then someone said, hey, you should start a podcast. So then she had the Creative Superheroes podcast for two years. And now she's the host of Facebook Live for 1440 Multiversity, where she gets to interview all the big smarty pants thinkers in psychology and spirituality and personal growth. Um, but she just wrote this book about seeking wonder. And it's a very delicious book. It's not one that you should be buying digitally. You have to buy the actual, and I would recommend hard copy um, because it has delicious photos in it and it, it sort of wakes up your own sense of wonder. You're not going to get to see live. I got to see her office live where we recorded this and she's the reason why I've now reorganized all my books into the little rainbow thing. Um, her space is very delicious. She's got really good art good color turquoise on her walls and, you know, me and my bright colors. You're going to have a bit of a wonder transfusion listening to this. If you need a boost in your mood, listen to this conversation. What a delightful human, truth-telling human. Um, yeah. Andrea, sure. Andrea Scher, I'm so excited to have you here. I've been watching the photos from your 50th birthday party and your red dress and you jumping up and down with balloons in your <laughs> hand and all of your friends coming to snuggle you. And uh, you have actually, when I see these photos of you, I, you mirror something that I want to capture in my own life, this utter joy and love and friendship and celebration. And so first mm. I want to just tell me, I wanted to say happy birthday. And how was your party? Oh my God. You're so cute. I love your start that you're starting the interview that way. So yeah. So my 50th birthday and my book release were happening the same week. And I thought, you know, I'm not a party person. I would never normally go big like that, but this was the moment. And, you know, of course for two years, nobody's done any partying. And so I, we just went big and my friend offered his gorgeous dairy farm and we had this big barn to work with. And, um, I just invited everybody and it was so much fun. And, um, the reason I was jumping in the air is that, um, I wanted to do one of the activities in the book, which was, um, have a levitation station. And so that meant that a friend of mine picked up a huge bouquet of balloons and, 
I had people jump in the air, holding the bouquet of balloons and photograph each other. So it looked like they were levitating and it was so much fun. (laughs) Everything that you like do to your website, to the way you put yourself out there to, to my fantasy about the kind of mom you are to your kids. I mean, you just seem to embody and capture this, like one, for lack of a better word, wonder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Like, so what, tell, tell, tell the sidewalk talk listeners kind of what is your background and how did you become so wonderful? Oh my God. What's well, so funny to hear that. Cause I'm like, oh my God, I was so miserable for so long. Such a sad, you know, I, I was someone who, who really struggled with depression and anxiety, debilitating anxiety for a very long time. And so a lot of these practices and a lot of who I am is like trying to feel better in a world that ultimately feels, um, a little unsafe for me, a little bit nerve wracking. Um, you know, I like so many of us, you know, I've had some childhood trauma and that's probably woven into the anxiety. And, um, so a lot of this is me just wanting to feel like it's good to be in this world. It's good to be in a body. It's, um, it's a beautiful place. It's a joyful place. It's a safe place. And um, I guess I'm trying to create that world for myself. Mm. So I'm almost hearing that's what, what's made you wonderful is really your own healing journey in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I want to dig into, cause every time I, I see you, you'll be this beautiful picture of you in what I think is like an office space with this big, beautiful blue couch. And then all this art on the walls that I, I almost want to go up to my screen and start licking the screen because I love <laughs> the art so much. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. <laughs> so yeah. I, tell yeah. me about your creative aspirations. I mean, tell me, are you an artist? Are you a photographer? Are you a singer? Are you a dancer? I mean, what, how do you, how do you describe yourself? Yeah. You know, I, I love it when we can look back at like our 10 year old self at, you know, to inform our, our adult self. Like if, if I'm ever stuck, like, what do I need to be doing with my life kind of thing? I look back at my 10 year old self and my 10 year old self was painting, taking photos, choreographing dance routines and, um, you know, writing, like doing journaling and stuff, which is exactly what I do now. And so, yeah, I started off as a painter. Um, although I had no formal training, I, graduated with a degree in economics and then immediately was like, Ooh, that wasn't me at all. And, um, I'd like to, you know, pursue my creative path. And, um, and I've had sort of different, um, aspirations over the years, but, um, I think all of my making, whether it was jewelry making or painting or, um, yeah, any of the other creative pursuits were all in service to helping people live a more vibrant life. And so that's like where the coach in me folds in. And I think I'm probably primary a coach as an identification in the world, like as who I am in the world. And then all of my makerness is in support of that. Mm, Amazing. So I'm hearing that there's, I, I, well, I actually, I haven't having a fantasy about you right now. The fantasy is that there's a lot of creativity in how you coach that all of these things mm. that you cover in, in the book wonder 
that that are really about reclaiming this vibrancy and aliveness. I can just imagine that that's endemic to how you show up with your clients. Is that am I making that up or is that true? <laughs> I I I love that you have that fantasy. I think what I like to do is help people move toward their delight and move toward what feels joyful for them, what feels delicious to them. You said, you know, you want to lick the paintings, like, like (laughs) art is edible for you. And that says something about who you are and what you value and make, what makes you come alive. So I think that that is what I'm always trying to pull people towards. Like what feels good? What feels like a full body? Yes. Mm -hmm. Inside you. And like, can we, you know, identify what is a no for us and practice You know, sometimes we can't say no to what is a no for us because we have to show up for the people in our life or we have to show up for the world in some way. But a lot of times, you know, we're just living this life um, in this sort of default unconscious way and we're not pursuing what actually makes us feel joyful. So that's what I'm sort of orienting people toward. Yeah, I love that. You know, I've heard a lot of people say this full body. Yes. And I think that it's easy to sort of just presume. (laughs) I don't know why I just feel inclined to say, a tell me about full body. Yes. And when was the last time you had one? Okay. I'm so glad you asked. It's actually in the book. So there's an exercise in the book that kind of helps you understand, but the best way to describe it is like, imagine a plate of your favorite food in front of you, or like a a slice of tiramisu, that would be mine. And when you imagine this plate of food, you just notice like, what happens when I'm in my body as I am imagining it? And it's like, oh, my chest feels kind of warm and I feel a little excited and my body's kind of leaning forward. And you, you get this like particular sensation in your body. And then you, you know, you let that go. And then you imagine another plate of food of something that you absolutely have an aversion for. And then you notice what happens in your body then. And it's like, oh, I I lean back a little bit. My chin kind of pulls back. I feel a contraction in my chest. And that's just like one way to start feeling into what your yes is and what your no is. And when I was dating, when I was online dating for a while, I would practice this on Tinder. I, I would thinking of you online dating. I'm sorry. I just, I just Oh, really? Oh my God. <laughs> so many years of online dating. Oh. Um, I'm out, I'm taking a break right now, but I had a lot of fun and I credit this little system that I'm just describing to you with meeting some really extraordinary people because I would, you know, I would look at this person's face and I would notice what happens in my body. Like, do I feel contracted? Do I feel expansive? And I got really good at swiping and finding really wonderful people because I would follow my body's cues. So that that's one way to use this special superpower. <laughs> Isn't the body amazing at giving us cues and how often we're living in our heads? It's just in- insane. Like how this magical magical feeling thing just is giving us information all the time. And I just hearing that it it truly is the vehicle that gives you your, yes, this, yeah. day, this person, this, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I think it's, it's like an internal GPS. It's like, it's kindred to, you know, your intuition. And I think the more we are lining up with our, our true self in that way. And again, I get that, like, we can't always, you know, 
do exactly what we want on a given day because we have to show up for work or we, you know, we have a commitment to, you know, show up for our kids or whatever it is. But I think if we're at least tracking what, what, what is true for us, then we are kind of steering our ship in the right direction. And I should add, you know, this is particular for women. I, I, I coach a lot of women and we do so many things. We, we are not even tracking our own desire and our own wanting because we're already thinking about, well, what does this other person need and what do they want and what's convenient for them? And um, it, that all kind of gets gets in the way and we're not even tracking our ourselves because all that stuff happens before we even get to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Gosh. So I'm curious to know on your journey of healing, on your journey of delights, discovery, um, who have been the people that have inspired you the most? What relationships in your life have really sort of inspired you the most? Mm, what a great question. Well, I think Sark, the author who wrote the foreword to the book, she was my first mentor. And when I first found her books, I was astonished that books even existed that looked like hers. They're really colorful and they were in her own handwriting and they looked like her personal journals. And she was writing really intimate stories about her life. And I was just mesmerized and also a little bit jealous and a little bit like, oh my God, she's doing what I'm going to be doing. And she's already done it. She's done it better. You know how we have those feelings about people, um, yes, which is I have a few of those in my life. Yes, right. Which is really good information. It means that there's a desire there, um, a, you know, a yearning for there's some dream hiding there. There's some desire hiding there. And I, so I really credit her with showing me the way as far as you know, living a wonder-filled life. She really lives uh, a very kaleidoscopic creative life and she's very successful. And she really showed me how to show up as, you know, as my authentic self. And even if it was quirky, even if it didn't map to the normal cultural, um, you know, norm. And uh, yeah, so definitely Sark. She stands out for sure. I love that. You know, I, I think I mentioned this to you in an email exchange we might have had, or maybe we were on another interview that her book, When I Was Depressed, was key for me. Oh, well, oh. So, yeah, I still have it. I still have the book that I took notes in of hers one from when I was 23 years old. Wow. I yeah. loved it all the way here to Germany. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, she is a real gift and she was a real pioneer. I don't think people were doing what she was doing back then. It was really revolutionary. She must feel so excited and proud of you with one. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, she is. Um, we just did an event together, um, a book passage event. And um, it was so fun to have that full circle moment with her and be able to, it was, you know, a dream within a dream for me was to have an event at that bookstore. It's a local bookstore that, you know, all the, all the authors come through and um, it was sort of surreal and beautiful. It was 25 years later. It was 25 years ago that I started working with her. Oh, wow. That's yeah. so sweet. I love that. I love this. I love this kind of serendipity in, in my connection to you that you, that this person has so touched you that was important to me as well. 
Well, exactly. And you know, another little interesting serendipity regarding the book. So the publisher had sent me, you know, a list of like, you know, here's 10 voice actors, give a listen and tell me, you know, tell us which one you prefer. And it took me all of like three seconds to listen to every single actor. And I immediately honed in on one, like, oh, definitely her. She's the one. And we struck up a little friendship via like Instagram. And it turns out she's been reading Sark since she was in high school. And I'm like, of course you are, even though she's, you know, she's a New York city ballerina and, and, you know, a narrator and all these things. She has this whole other life, but um, yeah, it was just like, oh yeah, we're, we're all in the same energetic zip code and we all find each other somehow. It's like the magic of when you're putting something out there and you just know it's meant to be. So yeah. how are I, I'm curious, how are you going to, you're going to make this an audio? I don't know. I just, this book has, has so much graphic, so many graphical elements to it. How, how are you going to translate that into audio? Oh, well, it's already on audible. So this fabulous cool. woman, Kristen Condon, who I just mentioned, yeah, she reads it so beautifully. And I have to admit, I, at first was like, wait a minute, they're getting a voice actor. I should read my own book. Like mm-hmm. what yeah. the heck? Yeah. And why, so, why is that? I'm curious about that. Well, yeah. And so I was like, you know, can I audition to read my own book? And they said, sure. And so I started recording myself and then I was just cracking up at myself. I was like, oh, this is a whole vocation. This is a whole skill (laughs) set that I do not have. I understand why they went with her. So, um, yeah, so you can, you can listen to it on Audible. So excited. That is great. So I want to know just from your heart of hearts, like what was the creative spark that actually got you to, I mean, I, we talked about your healing journey and, and kind of that being a piece of it, but you've been doing this work for a while. You've had this amazing podcast. You do these amazing retreats and events. What was it that had you want? Cause I've never written mm-hmm. a book, but what, from what I hear, it's like birthing a child. Yeah. You have to be really super devoted. And what was the spark to make you want to be pregnant with this book again? Mm. Well, I've always had a huge dream of, of creating a book for whatever reason. I felt like, you know, I cannot die without that book <laughs> happening. Um, and so I think I've written this book lots of different times with lots of different names and, you know, different ways. And, um, and I submitted several book proposals over the years and I was, you know, Every time I got rejected by even one publisher, I was like, oh, okay, I'll see you later. And I sort of crawl back into my, you know, into my hole. And um, so I think this book, you know, it's 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 interesting. Like I wanted to write it in my 20s, and it would have been different then, and I'm sure it would have been wonderful then. But I'm so grateful that this dream happened when I turned 50 because I feel like I can hold the joy of it fully. And it's like, um, yeah, it just feels like divine timing. It feels like, oh, I can hold like the visibility of this, the joy of this, like none of it's lost on me. Mm. So it's, it's like, it's like the perfect time to be a book mama. It is. And then as far as the content, you know, I was teaching a class online called cultivating wonder for a number of years and it, it was one of those topics that just really compelled me. And I felt like um, it was sort of a bottomless um, question of like, how do we create better conditions for wonder to arise and for joy to arise? 
Mm. And I felt like I could noodle on that question for a long time. And Mm. then I started looking at all of the work I'd been doing for 25 years and all of the stories that I'd been sharing on my blog for, you know, 18 years. And I started looking through that doorway of wonder and it's like, oh, this actually makes sense. It was a way to, I finally found a way to gather all of my work and all the things that I've been doing that seemed really disparate and Mm. put them together. And um, yeah, through this one, this one little doorway. I love this. So let's, let's daydream a little bit together about this book. Because it does feel, there just seems to be a thread line of magic as we're talking. Mm, yes. So I feel, this is so weird and creative, but I think I think this is your jam. So let's just go with it. Okay. <laughs> um, you can say no. Um, so let's just imagine that somebody's walking by a bookstore mm-hmm. and they go into the shop and they p- pick up this book and they have been down in the dumps, maybe at a dead end job. Let's just daydream what's going to happen to them after they, what, 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 what Mm -hmm. exercise would you hope that they read? Let's say it's like a 27, 28 year old gal. Mm -hmm. Let's just daydream what we want her to pick out in the book. And, and then let's like follow her through the day and see what she would have happen to her. Mm. Are you down for this? (laughs) I'm totally down for this. I just think it's so fun. You're so cute. So the first thing that comes to mind is like, I want her to see herself in this. Like there is some part of her that she's forgotten about that is still alive inside her. Maybe it was when she was a little girl and life was more full of wonder, right? Like as children, everything is new and everything is kind of magical and exciting. And our imagination is woven into our reality. And um, those, those lines kind of get blurred. So I want this person to remember that part of herself. And I call it like putting on your wonder goggles. I want her to put on her wonder goggles, which is just like seeing the world in this different way. It's not the default way that we always see the world and where we're thinking the same thoughts and we're walking the same path and we're talking to the same people. But when we're in um, kind of like muggle world and magic world, it's like when you put on your wonder goggles, you're a little bit in magic world and you're like, oh, what does life look like through this lens? And maybe you notice more beauty. Maybe you notice like, oh my God, there's all these glittery bits of dew on the grass. And those lemons against the blue sky are so gorgeous. I've never seen that before. I never really noticed that. That's interesting. And then you see this stranger and you you make eye contact with them and you give them a little smile and you feel this like warmth of connection. And then you keep going and all of a sudden you're like, you, maybe you, I'm just riffing here, by the way, <laughs> but maybe you, I love you it. stop and you're like, you know what? I don't feel like just walking home right now. It's a gorgeous day. Maybe I'm just going to sit on this bench and I'm just going to watch people go by for a minute. And so it's like living with this new sort of edge of curiosity of like, what if I paused and stopped like the sort of default way that I do the world and see the world and behave in the world. And I allowed for like, what if the magic is just hiding and I just need to stop and take another look and it will make it, it will reveal itself. Um, Yeah. Something like that. Oh, this is so great. 
So, you know, I had a crazy association as I was listening to you. Tell me. Before we went live, you were commenting on my glasses, right? Mm -hmm. I realized that this is why I wear funky glasses. They're my wonder glasses. They're your wonder goggles. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Tell me my wonder goggles. I don't know. And you know what? well, something you don't, I mean, I, I, aside from doing the podcast, I, I do less leading of sidewalk talk now because, and I sort of, so you're heal. I'm healing. Something's healing in me just listening to this because mm-hmm. I was, it was growing so big and operationally, it was taking so much of my time that it was making it hard for me to wonder because mm-hmm. I'd have to come back to my desk and do some more mm. something on the, in the database or something. <laughs> yeah. And it's not good for us to, to, to lose that sense of wonder. Cause I, you know, I'm going to brag about myself, Andrea, Please, I think I may be better at wonder than most things in my life. Yay. I wish we lived in the same country. So we could go on a little <laughs> just wonder come, walk just come for a visit. Yeah, please. Yeah. You know, I think we're all really infinitely capable of wonder. I mean, everybody has had the experience of looking at the night sky, for example, and being like, whoa, and this, and and it's a full body experience wonder. It's like, Mm. wow. It like really takes our breath away. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's simple. It's really just, it's like, I call it putting yourself in the way of wonder. You Mm. just need to put yourself in the way of wonder. And it, which maybe means you go out and intentionally like, I'm going to go see the sunrise or the sunset. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to look up at the night sky or find somewhere mm-hmm. where the stars can really shine. And yeah, and I think that intention, just setting mm-hmm. that intention is crucial. And I think that's what the book serves to do is like, wake up, remember this feeling mm-hmm. that's so juicy. It gives you this reverence for life. It makes you in love with the world and mm-hmm. the people in it. And let's remember that and set an intention to create more of it. Mm -hmm. And when we're pointed in that direction, we do experience more of it and we create a habit of it. Wow. We got to slow down and repeat repeat this again. It's not an accidental thing that when you invite it in and put our, put yourself in the, in the, in the way of wonder, you actually set your life up to have more and more of it. Is that what I hear you saying? Absolutely. And, you know, there's um, a really incredible author and neuroscientist here in Berkeley named Dr. Rick Hansen. Do you know him? He's been on the podcast. Fantastic. Okay. So he talks about the negativity bias, which Mm -hmm. you might be familiar with, where we have this, we're hardwired to scan for what's wrong and for Mm -hmm. what's not working in our environment, right? Mm -hmm. So that we don't get eaten by tigers. And so we have this hard wiring still in our brain, but it's not really important anymore. We're, we're, we don't need to be in like a hypervigilant state all the time. Mm-hmm. However, we need to train our brain to also scan for what's good and what's beautiful and what's working mm-hmm. in order to sort of tip, like kind of balance the scales neurologically so that we have a chance at feeling mm-hmm. more joy. Yeah. So a lot of the practices in the book are actually training you to scan for what's right mm-hmm. and what's good. It's kind of like a gratitude practice, but a little bit different. Um, but I think you you do actually need to train yourself back to maybe our more essential state, which was full of wonder, but you mm-hmm. can do it. You can do it because our brains are pliable. Yeah. You know, there's a gentleman in the UK that has a project called Wonderful 
And he gets people to come up with a question. He was on our podcast a few sessions back. He was a former opera singer. (laughs) And now he's like a corporate trainer guy, BBC talk show host. And he, um, you guys would just, you guys just would just love each other. But his, his, um, his exercises first, he walks people through kind of the actor's embodiment exercise to really get full bodied in your, in your space, but then to carry a question that you have in your life out to the streets and to wander for 15 minutes to look for signs (gasps) and to come back and Uh see what answer came from walking Mm -hmm. the streets. Mm. And, um, beautiful. Yeah. You you guys are just birds of a feather. You two, I tell you. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to need to find him. You know, that reminds me of how I walk a labyrinth. So if I see a labyrinth, like one in front of Grace Cathedral in San Francisco, um, there's some, some other ones that like out in nature and hike and hikes here in Oakland. Um, but what I do is as I walk the labyrinth, I, I have a question. Actually, I, I set an intention before I start walking, which is like a question that I'm holding that I want some clarity or insight on. And then I just let my mind go, you know, blank and I just walk, try to stay really present. And then I listen for the answer when I'm in the center of the labyrinth. And so it just reminded me of that. Like there's a way that, um, yeah, life is always speaking to us, whether that means like our higher self is speaking to us, our spirit is speaking to us or the mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, it really doesn't matter how you, how you name it, but, um, yeah, I think that's so beautiful and absolutely the way I move through the world. And it's, it's feels like magic. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking of too, is I'm thinking about the work that I do in the world, which is really specialized in couples therapy. And it makes me want to ask this question because I'm sure you're going to teach me something and I'm just eager. Mm -hmm. How can we cultivate that wonder in between people in our relationships? Oh my gosh. Well, doing exactly what you're doing right now, which is you're so curious and curiosity is key because we think we know things. We think Mm -hmm. we know, we know, we think we know what wonder means. We think we know Mm -hmm. who our partner is. Mm -hmm. We think there's nothing new to discover. Oh, we're not even tracking that. We think there's nothing new to discover. Like we don't, we're not even thinking about that. So I'm actually a huge fan of games where there's, you know, little question cards and I bought one for my husband for Christmas. You did. Did, did you get the Esther Perel one? It's a good I one. didn't cause they don't ship it in the year into the, into Europe. So I bought the one from the school of life. Oh, that one's great too. Yes. I love that. There's like a, a like a trend happening in that. Yeah. Those are so incredible. I do those with my kids. Mm. I do those with like, with, you know, people I'm dating, I do them with like random people. I was just remembering. You walk actually, down the street and just say, Hey, I, do you want to answer this question on this card? Oh my God. So get this. So like 20 plus years ago, I was on a flight home from Milan, which sounds very glamorous. It wasn't as glamorous as it sounds, but I was on a flight home from Milan and there was this very beautiful man hanging out by the bathroom in the back of the plane. And I was like, Ooh, Sorry. this is a very long flight. <laughs> this is like a hot man hanging out by the bathroom in the back of the plane. Right. Okay. Right. So this is like, a, you know, this is a 12 hour flight and I'm bored. So I might as well, you know, we don't have cell phones at the, this point, so there's nothing to do. So I wander back there 
waiting in line for the bathroom and I strike up a conversation and he's super lovely. And we end up, it ends up that we had a, you know, our connecting flight back to San Francisco in the same place. And so we're like, oh, well, let's, let's get seated together on our next flight. And so this is how much of a nerd I am. I happen to have in my bag, I'm not sure why, a little game that I had created of questions cards. I should have published it all those years ago, but I pull them out and, oh, it turns out this beautiful man was a Gianfranco Ferre runway model. That's why he was so Oh, geez, hot. Louise. Are you yeah. kidding me? I'm not kidding. He was very stunningly beautiful. Talk about <laughs> stepping into wonder's path, Andrea. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. So I pull out of my bag this, you know, this stack of cards and I was like, do you want to play a game with me? And he's like, sure. <laughs> and so we asked each other questions for like seven hours straight. Oh my God. And, oh my God. We were just in love with each other by the end of this flight. Well, and, you know, not be? I know. Right. And, you know, not in a romantic way, but like Although he was, you know, like I mentioned, he was very <laughs> handsome. Um, but, you know, I just noticed on my Facebook just the other day, it's so great that we're talking about this. Um, he made a comment congratulating me on my book. Like somehow we're Facebook friends all these years later and, you know, that connection. And that feels like that, that feels like magic to me. Like that's, that's soul food for me. That's like, if that didn't exist in the world, you know, life wouldn't be as joyful. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I, when P, anybody that, that comes out of the blue and just remembers me, keeps me in my, I'm like, I'm not a gifts person. I'm the, I just, you would cross my mind today person. That's yeah. my jam. Yeah. Well, and, and I should also add, so there is a, there's a whole chapter in the book called the wonder of connection. And it's mm. exactly about this. It's like, how do we deepen our connection to the people that we know and love? Mm. And what are some creative ways to you know, to, to feel connected to people. And, um, and I had to really learn to ask questions because it wasn't part of my family culture. Mm. Um, yeah. So the whole questions thing, it's like, it, it's so simple, but it's, it's incredibly powerful. So for all of you listening, are you getting the, the, the clue? I'm not trying to push Andrea's book on you, but geez Louise, I think we're going to all have to get it. And then we're going to have to apparently take it on airplanes with us everywhere we go. So we can like, <laughs> oh man, it's going to like, I'm going to have to bring a bigger bag now, Andrea. <laughs> oh, amazing. Hey, can I tell you a wonder story before we wrap up? Cause I know we're near the oh end my of time, but I just, it just gosh, happened please. two days ago. In yes, Italy, please. so it's linked to Milan. It comes full circle. I just got back into town from Florence last night. Oh, tell me. So, Dimi tutto. Night, what's that? Dimi tutto. Uh, that means tell me everything. Do you know, do you speak Italian? I do. I lived in Italy. I lived in Venice, Italy, which is full of wonder. Oh that will goodness, be for our next so conversation. Sexy. Yeah, super, super hot over here. <laughs> oh, my word. Um, okay, well. I don't speak Italian, but I love, you can speak it to me all day long, as long as you want, because I love it. And I've just apparently put myself in the face of wonder because you just spoke Italian to me. Um, But here's what happened on my last night. I was a little sad because I had such a great time. I met a girlfriend who I'd never met before in person. We'd met over the last year on LinkedIn and she's an amazing trauma therapist who is a genius. And we just had such a ball together. Mm. And so I was feeling that melancholy that one feels and I'm in my bed and I'm reading a novel on, on Botticelli and as one does while they're in Florence. <laughs> and 
I hear this loud noise outside. I'm like, oh my God, what is that? Someone has their radio up really loud. At first I was grumbly and I'm like, wait a minute, Tracy, isn't this kind of charming? Mm. So then I open the patio, I open the patio door to get a closer, you know, ear on it. And it turns out that it was not the radio. It was my neighbor, a young woman who was singing in her shower. Wow. She was so darn good that I recorded it and, and shared it with some friends. It was absolutely stunning. And it was about happiness. And it just felt like my send off as a goodbye to Florence. Mm. Who does does this? It was 11 o'clock at night. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'll send you the song. I'm going to, I'm going to send you the song so you can see it. I would love to hear it. And I just want to note that part of what makes, you know, wonder like this emotion called wonder, it's partly this element of surprise. It's like surprise mingled with like, oh my goodness, this is so beautiful. Um, that's wonder. Like if you expected, like if you went to a concert and this woman was singing, it would not necessarily feel like wonder, but because it just sort of found you and you're like, what is that gorgeous sound? And then you realize what it was like, that was the magic. Yeah. So cool. Oh, sweet. Well, and that, you know, it makes me realize that that's probably why people are always so surprised when they come upon sidewalk talk listeners on the sidewalk. Cause I think it's right. them that way. It's a little bit of a surprise. So this brings us full circle to the end of our conversation because they're all listening to our little conversation. They're voyeurs listening in to you and I chit chat. Oh, and I this is it. the fun part where I actually hand the microphone over to you to speak directly to those folks that have either been listening on the sidewalk or listening online during the pandemic um, that listen to the podcast, any wish that you want to offer to them or mm. words of wisdom or, you know, mm. David Pearl, I, the wonderful guy, he sang them an, an Italian aria as oh, his, his closing. My <laughs> God. Well, I, that's a hard you don't act have to do follow. that, but <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what I want to say is that, you know, this, you know, the wonder and the magic and the joy and all these yummy things that we're talking about, they seem like luxuries. They seem like extras, like, yeah, well, you know, if you can do it. Great. Good for you. And I want to say, and also like the world, you know, feels like it's, it's just, you know, imploding. And, you know, every time you listen to the news, everything is really hard right now. And I just want to say that like finding our wonder inside of the messiness is exactly where we need to tend it most. So tending our joy, tending our wonder is crucial at moments like this. It helps us feel more resilient and more grounded and more connected and more, you know, in love with each other so that we want to protect each other. And um, it is not an extra and it really is a pivot of our attention or putting on our wonder goggles and deciding I am Yes, the world is, you know, falling apart in a lot of ways. And what else is here? What else is here in this moment, on this street, in this home that I can appreciate, that I can notice and just expand what I am willing to hold? Like, I don't know if that makes sense exactly. Let me just explain that one little piece a little bit more. It's like, if we're only like, if say, okay, so it kind of makes me think of the Brene Brown quote, which is like, if we can't selectively numb emotion, Mm -hmm. if we're numbing our 
you know, our pain, then we're also numbing our joy. We're sort of narrowing what we're allowing ourselves to feel. And so I think similarly with wonder, it's like, yes, there is a lot going on in the world that we need to pay attention to. And there's a lot of other stuff that we can pay attention to that will nourish us and feed us and help us be more resilient. Mm. That's it. Beautiful. Beautiful. How can folks find you? Cause I know they're going to want to look you up. They're going to want to see all the beautiful photos on your website uh, and maybe yeah. even come on a retreat with you and oh. find your book. Oh, thank you. Andreashear.com. So A-N-D-R-E-A-S-C-H-E-R.com. And if you're out jogging or driving, it's all going to be in the show notes. So you can come back and just click right through to our website and you can find everything that you need to know to find Andrea and her amazing book, Wonder. And Andrea, thanks for all the work you work. I hate that word. Thanks for all the wonder you bring to the world. Oh, thank you. You are, you're a wonder seeker of the highest order. I can tell. (laughs) So good. All right. Be well. Thank you. Thank you for being here and listening to this episode of the Sidewalk Talk podcast. If you like what you heard, tell your friends, tell your family, like and comment on the podcast publisher that you're listening from and subscribe. This will help us get the word out about changing our culture to one of connection.